What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of What the Funk. This is episode 27. Let's talk about sex. And I'm so excited today to bring on a guest expert, Coach Bella Demichelis, who is an embodiment coach. Bella, welcome and thank you for being here today. Hi, I'm so excited. This is going to be so good and so important for both of our spaces. Yes. Absolutely. And um, if you guys are wondering, um, what does my sex life have to do with functional nutrition or the fact that I'm chronically stressed or my thyroid being out of whack or my sex hormones being out of whack? Well, there's a lot of layers to this. Um, And just to to give you guys a little bit of background, Bella, you were a fitness coach prior to doing, you you coached also with pole as well with a lot of clients doing like in-person sessions and like virtual sessions. So tell us a little bit about your background in fitness with coaching um, and how you got into into embodiment and what is embodiment so we can start to make this connection between our our inner selves and the actual functional side of things so the science and the emotion of it let's make that connection yeah for sure so I started fitness coaching I want to say three or four years ago and I did that for a while and then my coaching just progressed as I progressed so then I switched to pole dancing and at the time that I was teaching pole I didn't really understand what I was doing. So a lot of people came to me wanting to, you know, feel sensual and feel sexy. And I thought that all of my clients would be uh, dancers, like strippers, people that wanted to learn pole for the club. Um, But what I didn't understand was that this idea of feeling sensual and sexy was something that a lot of coaches felt like they were missing. And so After I started pole coaching, I quickly realized that what I was marketing and what I was teaching wasn't really what people were coming for. Like on on the surface level, yeah, it was. They wanted to feel hot and sexy and learn pole. But what these women really needed was to connect to their bodies. Like they couldn't give two shits about doing something, some crazy trick on the pole or learning how to become like a good dancer. They wanted to feel connected to themselves. And so that's when I really, once I finally understood that, that's when I shifted into embodiment coaching. And It has been, or embodiment was something that I've been working on behind the scenes. I just didn't realize how much of an issue it was in the coaching space and how important it was for everyone who was so stuck in their masculine. So my definition of embodiment, and this is different than, you know, the next person's, but my definition is moving a feeling or emotion through your body. So let's say we're trying to embody sensuality. You are learning how to access the feeling of sensuality in your body and then move that feeling through you. And then there's also another form of it. So that one's kind of like bringing something in. You're bringing a concept of sensuality or feminine energy or sexual energy into your body. And then the other type is getting something out. So moving stuck energy that's already in you. So this looks like emotional release. This looks like physically moving stress through your body, physically moving trauma through your body. So that's where you're getting something out. So basically processing all of your emotions through your body. Yeah, which is really important because, you know, and 
far be it for me to say that I'm super woo woo, but a, a little bit, yeah, is we get emotions and trauma and anger and aches stuck in our bodies, like physically, that tightness in your shoulders, that low back pain that you feel that inability to relax and fall asleep. And physically, you're physically feeling like you're constantly on edge. That is emotion getting stuck in your body. And being aware of that is so huge. Um, And you guys are probably going, okay, Elena, Bella, what is what do my hormones have to do with tapping into what I'm physically feeling with my body? Well, uh, specifically today, we're kind of talking about how the body and your libido and your sex drive and your concept of self and your own feeling of sexuality and sensuality and how desirable you feel as an individual is tied to also your physical health, Um, (laughs) which doesn't, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's not. So like, let's back it up for a second. Okay. Um, Chronic stress, okay, or any kind of stressor on the body. This could be birth control, which is a chronic low-grade stressor on the body because it's exogenous hormones, which are, um, you know, they're uh, synthetic hormones that are introduced to the body. Chronic stress from emotional trauma, from just day-to-day stress, from lack of sleep, from, um, you know, struggling with your body image, with your body weight, with your body size, regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, right? Because we all know that, you know, body image issues and eating disorders do not are not one size fits all they can look very different from person to person um and even something as simple as like do you have any vitamin or nutrient deficiencies do you have an autoimmune or chronic illness can impact your body's sex hormones um on a physical level and all of this stuff can lower your sex drive and how that manifests in your life. And I'm sure that you, you, as an embodiment coach, you coach through a lot of this is individuals feel like, why don't I have a satisfying sex life? Why is my libido so tanked? And a lot of it can be related back to this chronic stress and emotional stress as sort of a root cause. And you guys have heard me talk about it too on the podcast and and Bella knows too from personal experience and from fitness coaching, stress is the root cause of so many issues within the body. It's insane. Like it's, it sounds so simple, but it's mind blowing how simple of a concept stress negatively impacting the body and multiple levels actually is. So, you know, you guys are wondering, and it's, and it's a taboo topic, right? People don't like to talk about sex. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the things like you and I, I feel like when we finally met in person and like we connected and we started kind of hanging out because we're both located in Arizona. Like, I feel like we got along really well because we're both very open about that part of our lives and we feel no shame and we like to celebrate our sensuality and our sexuality as, as it's a part of who we are. Right. And it's something to be valued and it's something to be celebrated. Um, but what do you notice? What is a common denominator with your clients and with women that you talk to? who are coming to you going, I feel like I should be getting more out of my sex life, or I'm not satisfied in my sex life. And I don't know, I feel like something's wrong with me. I feel like something's broken. What are those common denominators that you see sort of across the board? Oh my gosh. So I know you said it's, it's so simple, like you said, but stress is the number one thing that I see across the board. And like you said, it's a root cause. So when people come to fitness coaches or functional nutritionists, it's like, okay, my hormones are fucked, but have we looked at why? Like, how did you stress yourself out so much that your hormones are off the charts? Like how did that happen? And I truly believe like, if you don't address the root cause, shit will come back. You can have your 
like that's one of the most common things I see in my clients too. It's like, even after they fixed their hormones, like they waited to hire me because they're like, oh, I need to get my hormones in check. They fixed their hormones, still no sex drive. It's like, okay, it's because it's your stress. You can be doing all the fitness, all of the mindset work, eating right, getting 80 hours of sleep a night. And if your stress is not in check, your libido will be absolutely non-existent. And then the second thing that I see, and this is um, almost as common, it's not as big of an issue for most people as the stress, but it's still pretty much a big deal is the shame around sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like even if you have no sexual trauma, I mean, statistically, most women do have some form of sexual trauma, if not some form of like severe sexual trauma. But even if you don't, just living in our society where women's sexuality is suppressed it's shameful like that's enough to make you feel like shit about it and that's enough to keep your drive absolutely you know shit and then I'm trying to think I feel like those are really the biggest two things like the last thing is probably just like they don't know what they like in the bedroom but why is that it's because they've always been too stressed to explore and sexuality is shame so they don't have the resources so it all stems back to those two things pretty much right and and I think it's important too to recognize you know oh my gosh this is a scary question this is where we're really going off off of left field but how old were you when you were first sexualized by somebody whether it was I want to say, I mean, I started getting called a slut at like 12 years old, but I want to say even before that, like I am so for whatever religion that you are, but personally, I was not raised Mormon and I grew up in a community that was all Mormon and I was wearing a bikini. I was like eight years old and people were saying that I was showing too much of my body, that it was too revealing, that it was inappropriate. I was just eight years old trying to play with my floaties and I learned that it wasn't okay to show my body in a swimsuit when I was eight like yeah I was getting called like a hoochie mama when I was like eight years old and I think and and I don't whether that was a and that was like by even like my cousins like well-meaning like kind of joking like oh you're dressed like a little hoochie mama like and then you you sort of you and you it's weird how you internalize these things from such a young age and then you seek you you almost sort of latch on to that identity because you don't know what else to because you're you're a sponge at that age and then you just continuously get shamed for that and when I remember when I was 14 oh my god and I didn't realize how disgusting this was when I was that age but I was 14 years old I was a freshman in high school and I had a friend who had a who's had a friend who was a senior so I'm 14 and this person is like 17 18 years old mm-hmm. 14 and he called me DSL dick sucking lips oh. and that was my nickname and when I was in eighth grade my nickname was easy because they assumed I was a slut what the fuck See, and, and there was and it was based on nothing I had never even kissed a boy <laughs> at that point oh it's like all the way that you carried yourself and the way that yeah. you expressed it was That's- it was just because I I was I was a little taller I was a little more developed I I behaved I was always told that I was I behaved more maturely whatever but it was I was always sexualized by people that were older than me in some way, shape or form. I think that's society's way of trying to keep women small. Oh yeah. (laughs) In a very, in a very traumatizing way. So you're right. It's not necessarily that you have to have had sexual trauma or sexual assault, but just having been sexualized by society or 
you know, people older than you from a young age. Um, you know, I just want, if I, there's one thing that I could stamp out, it would be nobody deserves to comment on somebody's body at any age, especially young, young people, y y children do not need to have any children. Yes. Even 13, 14 year olds, even 15, 16, 17 year olds, I don't care how old you are. You shouldn't be able to comment on somebody's body in a way that makes them feel small. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so creepy. Another, now that we're talking about like school, or I'm just thinking about like that age, the fucking dress code, dress too, code that we had, it was always, you can't show that because that distracts the boys. Like yeah. you're wearing a fucking tank top or a pair of shorts with your like tits covered whatever you can't wear that a fucking you have to have like three inches on your tank top or something stupid like yep. that your your shoulders are distracting to boys like what message does that send to you oh yeah oh I got dress coded all the time for so many years and I never understood why and I was like it's not my fault that I'm like tall and the clothes made for girls my age are my legs are longer shoot me yeah. like what do you want from me but I remember as a teacher too when I was teaching that always made me mad because I was like I'm I was not the teacher to enforce dress code really ever like unless it was something where it's like your literal whole bra was showing and it's like that can't be comfortable let's like just go put on go put on a t-shirt I like I was that teacher that like I was like you want to dress code this student you go dress code this student but I'm not about to disrupt her learning day to go make her change her clothes. Like I, that's, there are bigger fish to fry. She's not causing problems in my classroom. She's doing her, I don't care what she's wearing. Yeah. She's, she's showing up and she's willing to learn and she's being, uh, you know, she's actively participating in her education and you want to focus on what she's wearing. Your priorities are fucked. Really? So fucked. But anyway, so there's so many things. I think the point we're trying to make is <laughs> there's so many things that are rooted into our libido and how much we suppress it from a psychological as well as emotional as well as physical standpoint right so yeah. let's say you've you've you, you're like okay i know that something's not right and I, and i want you guys to understand too that it, I hope my clients know this too. It's funny when I first start working with people and you're probably the same way. And they're like, I don't know if this is too much information. And I'm like, TMI doesn't exist. We don't know her. Like right. <laughs> TMI doesn't exist. Um, you know, and we talk about, you know, the fact that their low libido is something that I ask people about when they start to come work with me, because it can be linked to so many different hormone pathways, right? Your libido can be linked to your adrenals as well as your sex hormones, um, which there's multiple precursors and multiple pathways that follow to kind of get to that point. Um, and it, when you're having, and even if you're on, like so many women are on, on birth control and even you just had a recent experience where like you finally came off birth control and you're like, Oh, so this is what I'm supposed to feel like. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Um, again, it's, it's, there's so many things that we're, we as females are taught to suppress and are encouraged to suppress that we don't really know exactly what it's supposed to feel like. So what, are what are some of the starting points like where would you like tell somebody to start if they're like okay you're on a journey you know that you're healing your body physically but you're interested in tapping more into the emotional side of how can I start to feel more myself and how can I start to tap into supporting my desire and what I want to feel I want to feel desire and want to feel desired as an individual where would you start with somebody like where's the starting point for that journey yeah. So with sex drive, like aside from the hormonal health standpoint, mm -hmm. 
when it comes to the actual desire, like in your body, psychologically, it's actually more like a set of gas and brakes. I actually just made a reel about this today that I haven't posted yet, but um, this is really explained well in the book, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. So you have this set of gas and brakes, right? And the gas is all of the things that really turn you on, that get you in the mood, that make you feel safe. And the brakes are the things that shut down that desire. So it does not matter if you know, if you have a list of 500 things that turn you on so much. If your foot is on the brake and you have the emergency brake on, like you have all these things that are hitting the brakes, it does not matter. So the number one thing that I always focus on is releasing the stress your body physically. And so I take my clients through an emotional release practice. And it's nothing like the typical mindset work where you're like trying to be civil and trying to write how you feel in a logical way. Mm -hmm. I literally tell them to go into their most animal like primal state. You are letting yourself throw a fucking tantrum, like a yes. wild animal. So when you're angry, I have them scream into pillows. I have them punch their bed. I have them throw things, of course, like soft things. I have them shake out their full body, like full blown yeah. rage hormones, scream, say, fuck you, whatever. And then what I have them do after is move through whatever emotions are underneath that anger. So you're never just angry, right? Like you're never just pissed. There's right. always something that was triggered, some sort of like sad, oh, fuck, some sort of sadness, pain, hurt jealousy, betrayal, whatever that is. So I find whatever's underneath and I have them release it in the same way. So it's not always like, you know, screaming, crying. When we get to that underlying emotion, like the sadness, the pain, sometimes it's like moving their body in a certain way or making a certain sound or like moving with their their tears, if that makes sense. Yeah. So basically just physically moving and releasing the emotions through your body is the best thing that you can start doing. I absolutely love that and completely vibe with that because my clients know, um, you know, the journeys that we go on with our bodies are so wrought with emotion. Um, and I'm not, I'm not the coach. that's like, learn to love the process and learn to love yourself. And it's like, yeah, you do. And you should to a degree, but there's going to be days where you want to fuck the process and you don't <laughs> feel good in your skin and you need to feel those feelings. And I always tell people, I was like, if you need to rage and kick and scream and bitch about the stuff that we're having you do right now, rage at me, be pissed at me, blame me, take it out, get it out of your body so that you can continue to move forward and move through because it's not a pretty process. It's not a pretty journey, especially if, you know, I have a lot of clients dealing with autoimmune disease and we're going through various struggles and with autoimmune disease and chronic illness, it's such a, such a stupid situation. It, and I, I say that from my own experience too, because so much of it is hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, let's try this. And we have to see, we have to monitor for so many, so, so you know, a set amount of time and then evaluate where we're going. So it's hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. And you feel like things are taking forever and you just get so pissed. You get pissed at the process and it's like, it's okay. And you have to release those feelings and release that energy from your body and you have to let it kind of go through because tamping it down doesn't help it doesn't yeah. help. oh my gosh absolutely and for anyone listening to this because i know like the the kind of clients that i bring in as well as probably the kind of people that you bring in are very like logical analytical or even if you're not like I will say I believe in spirituality yes but I am not your typical go-to spiritual person like that is not the foundation of 
my practice. Of course, I, I have my spiritual practices, my beliefs, but that's not the foundation. Like this shit is backed by science. Right. So like, if you need the science, here it is. When you experience a stressor, this goes back to the built-in fight or flight response that we had back in the day when we were like cavemen or whatever, and we had to go hunt and run from lions and zebras. Like that fight or flight response was meant to keep us safe from dying, from getting eaten by an animal, from getting yep. killed by someone else. So when you experience a stressor in your everyday life, maybe it was something that seems so silly, like hating the protocol that Elena's giving you or <laughs> feeling frustrated that you haven't figured out the solution yet. Or for my clients, it's like maybe a, a client payment fails or something at work that like it's, you're not in danger, right? But your right. body doesn't know that. Your body thinks that you are being chased by a lion, but yep. we disregard that because we're like, oh, it's silly. I should just get over it. Yeah, you can get over it logically, but your body still thinks that you're being chased by a lion. So if you don't do anything, if you're not moving through it, that's actually activating the freeze response. And that's how trauma gets stuck in your body. You never, mm -hmm. you never ran or you never fought. So you, you freeze. And when you freeze, when you're getting eaten by a lion, like that's because your body has no other option. So that's how it gets stuck inside of you. Mm -hmm. And so when you are going back to the thing that stresses you out or the thing that made you mad, you're allowing yourself to physically complete that fight or flight response, discharge the stress, and then bring your body back to homeostasis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think it too, let's, and we can, you know, what's amazing about all of this stuff is it is all comes full circle, the science and the emotion, right? It's, yeah. it's all integrated. We think about um, our body's natural instinct when we're induced into stressful moments or stressful situations, especially with chronic stress, the body's innate instinct is to preserve the ability to procreate so yeah. what does it shut down your sex hormones mm -hmm. because it's preserving that ability it's saying okay we're preserving everything so that when the time comes to start procreating again you have the energy within your body to do these things so it's no wonder that one of the first things that tends to go when you're in chronic stress or you're constantly dealing with this fight or flight response um and or um tamping down emotions and sort of keeping the lid on the bottle and you're just constantly shaking the bottle and you're just waiting for it to explode one of the first things that tends to go is that sex drive or that desire or that even desire to self-pleasure, right? Which again, that's a whole nother conversation, especially if you, you know, if you're like me and you had a really interesting, I was raised Catholic, right? So yeah. Anybody who knows, knows, um, you know, it, 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 when you, when you fight all of these, these desires and these, uh, I don't know what, what, what to call them, these instincts of things that you want to do, but then you're not, you're, you're like told, oh, you're not supposed to have these feelings or do these things. It just continues to make it worse. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just continues to make it worse. So how you manage and monitor emotions going through your body has a direct impact, not just on your emotional well-being, but on your physical well-being. And that's a connection that a lot of people are not aware of because it's not talked about all that often. I don't yeah. think. And it's so. so normal to be in this chronic state of stress too. Like, oh, we're overworked. We're burnt out. Team no sleep. The grind never stops. It's like, cool. What's it like being in fight or flight? Yeah. Like, what's it like having no sex drive? <laughs> right? No. And I literally did a post on this yesterday. I was like, you're sick, but you just don't know it yet because our society has normalized no sleep, 
abusing stimulants, um, right. taking on more than you could, you know, biting off more than you can chew, um, do like adhering to the grind, whatever that means. And it's yeah. like, that doesn't mean, and I, and I think it's important to recognize too, that like neither Bella and I are telling people that you shouldn't work hard. Exactly. We both are business owners. We both understand what it is like to work hard and to be under stress and to know that our ability to provide for ourselves and provide for, you know, the people around us and the the life that we live is directly related to our ability and willingness to work. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's nobody cutting us a paycheck (laughs) at the end of the day. It's about our ability and our desire to make an impact and serve. And are we showing up for that in a, in a, in a way that's filled with integrity and purpose on a daily basis. Right. And that, that in and of itself can be stressful. And I know that you work with a lot of, you know, high achieving individuals as well too. Like you would hit the nail on the head. I have so many people on my roster that have done some amazing, incredibly things, or they fill so many different roles. And it's like superheroes, like just absolutely impressive. But that doesn't mean that you don't need to carve out the time to manage your rest, to manage addressing the emotions that are filtering through your brain on a daily basis and finding ways to safely outlet those things. So yeah, I love that. So I love the idea of punching a pillow in your mat or screaming into a pillow or like throwing something soft across the room and just like letting it physically out because we're not taught to do that. No, we're taught to sit with our feelings. And it's like, what if my feelings don't want to sit? What if they want to fucking rage? Yeah. And they don't. And sometimes it seems innocent, but sometimes sitting with your feelings is literally activating the freeze response in your body, which is causing more trauma. And should I get into this? Well, okay. Basically like the last time that you remembered when you remember something, I'll make it quick. But when you remember something traumatic that happened to you, you're not remembering the actual event. You're remembering the last time that you remembered it. So if all you remember is the last time you thought of something traumatic happening to you and you sat there and you let it consume you, that's what your brain remembers. If you think of a traumatic event and the last time you thought of that, you fought it, like you went and punched it and you screamed, you shook out your body. That's you taking your power back. So over time, you're going to have a whole different relationship with like trauma in your head too, but that's a whole different conversation. I know. No, but that totally makes sense too, because it's the same thing of, um, you know, when you're dealing with, so like I have anxiety, right. I'm very open about the anxiety about the fact that my, my, my therapist actually is like, I think you actually have like OCD, which is fantastic because OCD is a whole different subset of anxiety, which is, I I do <laughs> and, and before you, before anybody comes like, Oh, Oh yeah, I'm totally OCD. OCD is not about keeping things clean. <laughs> it's it's there's multiple forms of ocd and um the one of the one of the biggest uh forms of ocd or the the form of ocd that like i particularly or that we think that i'm particularly struggling with is the fact that i tend to um i constantly go through like a loop in my head of telling like reaffirming my fears if that makes sense so a lot of times doing things like talk therapy, talking about your feelings, writing down what you're feeling can continue to create this loop of intrusive thoughts in your brain rather than shutting them down. You're constantly reaffirming them. And I know that that's not just an OCD thing, but that's something that can happen with general anxiety as well of this constant loop. So actually physically moving through or finding a physical outlet for those feelings can be way more powerful than sitting there and talking to shrink for an hour. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, especially with like, you know, we think about dealing with anxiety too. A lot of times the thing that calms my anxiety isn't thinking about the thing that I'm anxious about or mulling over what I'm feeling. It's 
I need to just do the thing that's causing my brain to freeze. And the action, the actual physical action is what helps me break through that barrier, which is a lot easier said than done. It takes, it takes, it's taken a while to get to the point where I can do that more often than not, but it's it's so true. And we're not saying that journaling, I love journaling. I journal every day. I love it as just like a reflective, keeping a log of my life. Um, You know, I feel like that's, I love to romanticize like the small moments too within my day. Um, We're not saying that journaling and, and reflecting and writing things down is bad but it's not the only option that you have. Yeah. I think it's just like, yeah, I think it just serves a different purpose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It serves a different purpose. And I feel like, um, you know, it's where it's okay to do something a little bit out of the box for sure. Um, so when it comes to also like when, so when somebody starts to like, okay, So they start to recognize and start to feel like, okay, I need to start maybe like moving through some of these things. Maybe I start to, you know, go, go for a walk or scream or go run around the block or go punch a pillow or scream into something or whatever, or what have you to help sort of shake off some of the emotions that feel very stagnant, feel very stuck, right? What is sort of the next step for them? I know because so much of, and, and I know, and you and I are on the same page of so much of getting what we need out of our, you know, desires and or even our sex life isn't necessarily about what are we getting from a partner oh yeah it's about what are we giving ourselves yeah so where does somebody start with exploring like that side of things because I feel like that's the foundation to whatever you get with somebody else yeah oh my gosh absolutely so the next step after you learn how to release all of these emotions and get your your body back to homeostasis is okay so i know that we talked about the gas and the brakes so now we've dealt with the brakes the stress and a lot of that shame too like i talked about earlier is released through these emotional release you know processes because you're releasing all these beliefs that don't serve you anymore you're feeling out the anger um all of that so we take our foot off the brake And then from there, that's when you really start connecting to all of the parts of yourself that you shoved down. So this is not just your sensuality, although that's a big part of it. Another huge part of it is also your unfiltered expression, your most raw primal self, your wild woman. So when you are disconnected from your sensuality, like that's a whole part of you that you have not explored right so you have to learn how to embrace every single part of that erotic person that is inside of you and so i will have clients do practices through movement through self-touch through sound to learn what really turns them on inside of their body and this is really cool because it's not about receiving from anyone else it's how does my energy need to move and feel in my body in order to turn me on? How do I need to touch my body in order to feel turned on? What kind of sounds bring me pleasure? Things like that. Mm-hmm. So focusing on just really what brings them pleasure and how to really feel their sensuality in their body through movement, through self-touch, through expression, all of that. Yeah. And I feel like too, it, it doesn't always necessarily have to. And first of all, I mean, there's a million reasons why somebody might not take the time to do that, right? There's a million reasons why somebody might come up with excuses. I kind of akin that to, well, it's the same reason why people don't make the time to just in basic needs, take care of their body. They on some level don't feel worthy of that energy and that time given to themselves. Right. Um, and, but it's important too, that it, it doesn't always have to necessarily be about 
that time. I know from like personal experience, things that like make help me tap into like how I feel like that makes my body feel good is like even something as simple as like, I don't know, like wearing a matching underwear set. I know that sounds so weird, but I love it. Like I feel so sexy. Like if we're going out like on a night, or if I'm going out with my girlfriends, I'm like, I'm going to bring some different energy just by putting on something that makes me feel good. And that I walk different. You hold yourself different, right? It's little things like that. It's finding what are the small things that tap into that next level confidence within you that help you, I think, also connect to that inner, like what makes me feel good? What makes me happy? What makes me feel desired? Um, And how do I then show up as that person on a daily basis? Because what ends up happening is you tap into this what ends up happening in your personal life? What ends up happening in your professional life? Oh my gosh. You (laughs) show up as this radiant human. It's not even like other people can't even really tell that it's sexual energy. Exactly. It's it's this radiant, like you're glowing. You look so happy. Your energy is contagious. All of this creative energy. You're excited. Like you feel the best way I can describe it is you feel turned on by life. Like everything Yeah. Everything's exciting. Everything feels good. There's a lot less friction in just even day-to-day tasks, like, which sounds so mundane, but it's so true. You start to feel like more of yourself. If that makes, I don't, I don't know. Does that sound accurate? No, it is so accurate because your sensuality, there's this, there's this, you know, people say, Oh, I'm just not a sensual person. I'm just not a sexual person, but that is a part of every single human. And so when you're in denial of that, you're in denial of a part of yourself. So subconsciously, if you know, you're suppressing a part of yourself, how can you possibly be confident because you don't even feel worthy of owning that part of yourself? You're telling that part of yourself that it can't come out to play. And so when you own every single part of yourself, including your sensuality. Yeah. You feel so much more yourself because you're not suppressing parts of you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is so, which is so amazing. And so hopefully, I I mean, I feel like, wow, we covered quite a bit and just, (laughs) there was a lot of information there. Okay. So, um, we talked about also, oh, the other thing too, that this is really amazing for is I, and this kind of comes back to also like sort of the fitness, I guess, side of things, maybe not essentially the functional nutrition, but the fitness side of things is the relationship with your body that you develop with regardless of how you felt before, regardless of again, body size, body weight, this, you know, what size dress you wear is you start to just feel more confident in your own skin, regardless of where you are with what you feel like you want to look like essentially in the mirror from an aesthetic perspective. But then it gets easier to show up for yourself because you're starting to tap into internally that sense of worthiness. Yeah. That was a sort of a full circle. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent, (laughs) which is so wild. Um, but it's, it's so cool. Um, okay. And so I love all of this. So now you mentioned the book come as you are by, um, Emily Nagoski, and I'm going to make sure that I link that in the show notes, but you guys, Bella also has a podcast. And I think it would be an amazing resource if you're like, hmm, I'm intrigued by what this woman is saying. And I feel like I need to know more. And maybe you're just like, okay, because part of it is, is, and, and you and I, are both kind of in the same boat where the work that we do is sort of like new, right? 
embodiment yeah. is new. Functional nutrition is new. These are not like established practices that have been around for decades and decades and decades. And so sometimes it just starts with hearing a conversation and going, hmm, I need to know more. Like I want to know more and I'm curious. And and really that's kind of the whole point is, is I wanted people to to be able to make a connection that it's it's not just about um, your physical body, but it's about, it's about your emotional body as well. And this is such a big issue for so many people who are going through health issues is that you don't feel worthy and desired because your sex drive is tanked and it's not just physical. It's also emotional. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Bella, remind me what your podcast is called. It's called what the slut I may be changing it though. So I actually would send people to my Instagram I'm gonna send them to your Instagram. Yeah. Because I might be rebranding my whole podcast. I started I saw. It, um, when I was just like in a different, it was more bubbly. It was more cute. It was more, you know, all of that. And now it's a lot deeper. And mm-hmm. so I haven't posted an episode, I think in like eight weeks, just because I'm thinking about the whole rebrand thing. But anyway, long story short, Instagram. And then from there, I'll post about when I have the new podcast. Yes. But even so, there's definitely a lot of really good episodes on there that if you guys are like, I really want to learn more. I want to see what's up. I'm going to link to Bella's Instagram profile in the show notes. So you guys can check out her resources. If you're not already following her, you need to follow her because you will just get all all of the warm fuzzies and all of the um, the, uh, moments where you're like, oh shit, she called me out, but you know, you needed to hear it. Um, <laughs> but she also posts a lot of amazing, um, just like tips and transformation ideas. Um, and, you know, sort of, and really demonstrating too, you're such a great example of leadership within the abiding space because you will set, you will post videos and you will show people what this looks like, even in your own practice. And you're so raw and vulnerable and open about it that I think it's, it's, it's easy to it's easy for people to connect to that and feel encouraged about trying some of this stuff even on their own. Cause it could be so weird. Yeah. It's so it weird. So weird. And I think at first you can have someone telling you all the things, but unless you really see it, it's not going to happen. So that's what I try to do. <laughs> exactly. No. And I think it's amazing. So I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm so glad that we met and that we are now colleagues and friends. Um, it's been, uh, it's been such a cool journey to see your embodiment coaching grow the way that it's grown, especially like within the last year. Um, and I love the work that you're doing. I think it's so important. So you guys definitely go check out Bella's, um, Instagram and her podcast. Um, and I will also link to the book if you want another resource, the book that she mentioned talking about like the gas and the brakes, I'm definitely going to go download that and read it myself. So, um, Bella, any last words for the audience today? Mm, last words. So my biggest advice would be to, when you're looking into doing embodiment work, your logical mind is going to try and tell you every reason in the book, why it doesn't work. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. What the hell even is this? And if you hold yourself back from doing this work because of your logical mind, like you're never going to experience all of the magic, right? So you have to, as a woman, you have to be able to wait, do you coach this woman? I have a couple of male clients, but I coach, I coach mostly females. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, no matter who you are, you have to be able to follow your intuition and follow that gut feeling. That's like, fuck yes, I want more. And you have to be willing to, you know, tell yourself that you deserve that and that it's okay. Cause there's a lot of like 
besides the logic of like, oh, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. There's also the the feeling of like, I shouldn't desire this. Like, why should I spend time in my sensuality, my sexual energy? Like, it's shameful. Why? Who am I to want that? You know, or I'm not that kind of person. So mm-hmm. anyways, best tip would be to just allow yourself to push past that and take the leap and just try it anyways, because yeah. your logical mind will tell you not to do it all day. So you have to follow that gut feeling that's like, yes, I want more. I love that. Absolutely. And and that goes for really anything in life is, yeah. you know, we will, we will talk ourselves out of so many things. Yeah. <laughs> and, but if we have a feeling, if we have that innate gut feeling, it's usually right. <laughs> it's yeah. usually right. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Bella, so much for being here today um, on today's episode. I think it's episode 27. Um, this was so much fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, 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 we'll be able to celebrate the new rebrand of your podcast. And I can't wait to see what that all looks like. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time.